Welcome to Success Beneath the Surface, hosted by Deborah Fell, Managing Partner at Chief Outsiders. Deborah provides insights specifically for CEOs from growth-oriented companies. Brad Wade, thanks so much for joining the show today. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to a great conversation with you. Me too. You are a, I mean, how could I not be interested in talking with you? You're an AI expert, a futurist. You've got a few credentials and you, you've done a thing or two and been a place or two. So I, I'd love to, if you would tell us about where you are today and then what's your story? How did you get from where you started to, to where you are? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so today I'm a keynote speaker, futurist, consultant, coach. Uh, those are, I wear many hats as do a lot of people. Pretty much my full-time thing is going around and speaking at conferences. I'm a keynote speaker and I've been lucky enough to travel around the world many times. A blessing that I is very fortunate to have. Uh, I started as a classroom teacher, a third grade teacher teaching seven, eight, nine-year-olds did that for 15 years, never expected that trajectory to change. I mean, that's what I went to school for. That's what I got all my degrees in. And next thing you know, about 10 years ago, I left the traditional classroom to be, you know, make the world my classroom. Uh, And that gradually went on from speaking about educational technology to all emerging technologies in industry, in business, you know, forward-facing, front-facing, behind the scenes, whatever it is, any technology adoption, just anything around emerging technology, that's where I live. That's the stories I share when I'm on stage. And I always have an eye of what's happening right now. How is it impacting us as humans, the way we work, the way we live, the way we uh, play, all of that. And how do we do business and so, you know, now I, I get to work with incredible companies around the world, incredible organizations, which is the way we met. It's really an exciting time and a fun place to be. And I'm very fortunate and very passionate about the work I get to do. Well, that comes across because, yes, we did meet uh, when you were delivering one of your keynotes. And I remember sitting in the audience thinking, OK, I'm going to ask this guy if he can be a guest on one of my podcast episodes, because not only were you energizing the room, um, but you were delivering incredibly insightful information and quite frankly, a lot of surprises and made me think about some things that that I hadn't really been thinking about. But before we go there, there's got to be a story in terms of how you went from a third grade teacher to AI futurist keynote speeches. So what was that moment that caused you to pivot you know, Deborah, that's it, it's you're right. There there was an exact moment. The moment came when you remember about 12, 13, 14 years ago, the iPad came out, you know, Apple's brand new product. We'd already had a smartphone, and all of a sudden when this iPad came out, we had had the iPhone, we had an iPod, and then this bigger, we now call them tablets. Didn't exist that market wasn't something that existed at the time. They came out with their iPad, and I remember- You had to have them all. Yeah, of course. And so I got one. I wasn't even sure what it did. I was like, I think this is going to be great. And I brought it to my classroom, and I, I initially, the iPad one, I started using it as like a management for my classroom. I started, I basically, that was my first uh, 
try it digital transformation. I went from a very analog paper system to a digital system. I started putting so many things about my students and their records and scores on there. But Deborah, what really changed it was when the iPad 2 came out with a camera. Here is where the story completely changed. I was at a conference and I had seen something that uh, I had never seen before. It was I didn't even know the phrase or the technology. It was called augmented reality. I saw somebody hover over a dollar bill mm-hmm. and looking through their camera on their phone or you know the iPad at the time, the dollar bill came to life and digital just digital information came on the screen while I could still see the real world around me. And I went and I researched. I'm like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. So I went and found out it was augmented reality. I went back to my classroom and said, I remember how big of an impact that was just seeing that dollar bill come to life. I had an idea and and I I said, what if I showed this to my students, my eight-year-olds? I said, what would their reaction be? And so I just showed my students. And at the time I'd been teaching for 10 years. So I'd been around, I'd seen a lot of the things come and go. And when I saw the engagement my students had, I was like, that's gold right there. I can, I had a belief that I could use that engagement to teach and get any learning outcome I was after. And so I spent the next year and a half working on my own research. I would write lesson plans around engagement. So at the time, there weren't educational, you know, applications and tools. It was just, there was a something NASA had. There was something, I found an architect demo, and then I found the University of Illinois Medical School had a a medical one, anatomy and physiology. So I I got those demos and I started using them in different ways just to get my kids prepped for lessons. So I showed them and next thing you know, my whole, my whole classroom changed. My, my, my belief and philosophy on how I could change these kids' lives was incredible. I had my own epiphany, which I'll use that word because it was. So I I ended up writing an article about it and created my own blog at the time, 2013, might've been 2012, it was 12, 13. Next thing you know, a, a classroom third grade teacher, just, I was in my own little cave. All of a sudden, my blog, people started going to it and reading and asking questions and it blew up and it took off. Next thing you know, I had a hundred thousand people on it and people said, can you come talk about what you're doing? I'm like, sure. I'm just, Deborah, all I did was go to conferences and talk about what I was doing in my classroom. Hey, you're doing technology in your classroom and it seems to be working. What are you doing? And I'd say, I'm using augmented reality and writing lesson plans around engagement. Guys, did you know if you can engage a kid, you can teach them anything you want? And that was just, you can see, I get excited now about it. Yes. And so I, I was doing that and I started talking about it a lot. And then somebody asked to give a keynote. I'd never given a keynote in my life. Deborah, my first keynote, my very first one was in front of 5,000 people. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> Wow. I had been third graders, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it was, it was funny because I had been doing rooms of 30, 40 people. Yeah. And then I got asked and um, somebody said, do you do keynotes? I said, of course. And so I did one in Cobo hall. That's uh, one of our big civic centers in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And it was the state conference. Mm-hmm. And that just really, really started changing everything. Um, 
fast forward a couple years later, a company approached me and I've been talking about all these amazing technology products that you could use as a teacher to just change kids' lives and change your workload. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those tools I was talking about, um, the company had reached out to me for about a year and I was like, this is great. I love your products. I And then they said they wanted to fly me out there to LA. And I was like, that's interesting. You don't fly a teacher out to LA just to kind of talk about a product. So they offered me an opportunity to become their educational evangelist and travel around the world. And they, they weren't even sell their product was free. This was a philanthropy for them. Mm -hmm. And so they hired me and I worked with schools all around the world doing professional development. I'd speak at conferences on their behalf and did that for three years, 2016. Mm -hmm. I went on my own and I got asked to speak at an AI conference in 2016, independent of education. I'm like, so I did. The next one was an entrepreneur conference. And that's how I got into uh, business and industry. And being in Detroit, I do, I do manufacturing, I do automotive. Now I've spoken in pretty much every industry I can think of uh, around emerging technology. So augmented reality grew to augmented and virtual reality, grew to artificial intelligence grew to industry 4.0 as, as I mentioned when you saw me speak. And so now I've been blessed. That was my transition, third grade classroom to the world. And it's, it's incredible. I, I know I'm very fortunate and blessed. I love it. And as, as you said, um, you, I guess people can see it, that it really means a lot to me. So I, I love what I do. So it's interesting to me because what's coming up for me is that you embrace something very quickly because you, A, were curious, big trait, big important trait, and then you brought it into your classroom because you thought, hey, maybe I can use it to engage my students in the same way that engaged me. So you were committed. That's you, So you sort of have the curiosity, you have the commitment to the students, and then you got committed to bringing some message a, even a, a broader message, and yet it's a very use case base. This is the other thing that I'm hearing is you're not just speaking in some big abstract thing about some cool shiny toys. You're identifying different use cases. And I do remember this and may ask you to bring this out a little bit here from the talk I heard you give, the keynote I heard you give around what are all the different use cases, but this curiosity, this commitment, and then you, you seem to have become committed to a bigger message. And maybe you can talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, thank you. That's, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, when I say I made the world my classroom, I'm, I, that's very genuine for me. The bigger message is, you know, technology really is changing our lives. And it's, it's not just what is my return on investment in business. It's how is it impacting us as humans? Like, how is it impacting you and I today? How many technology advancements have affected us today? Whether it's, you know, your phone suggesting, you know, I, you usually go here on Mondays and giving us a map with traffic and everything else or different things that impact us all the time. Technology is not going away. You know, there are questions we have to ask to be thoughtful about it. The amount of screen time for kids and adults social media impact for kids and adults, uh, the AI impact on everybody. Those are questions I always ask when I do my own research and get all my information, but I always lean on 
how is it making our lives better? How is it making us more human is, is part of a, a phrase I like to use. And when I give examples of, you know, job transference, you know, jobs that are changing because of technology. I always look at how jobs are, you know, going from, you know, we, we lose a lot of jobs because of technology, but we gain many different jobs. Uh, in essence, you know, sometimes we may have to learn a new skill or become more educated. But for a lot of it, the jobs that are getting replaced are the jobs that, you know, are we can use our brains in a different way and move up to our, you know, our potential on how we interact with the world and, and accomplish things. Yeah, I was speaking with a CEO of a company at one point, and she was identifying that she goes around and she hears a lot of people talk about, oh, AI, we need AI, we need AI, we need AI, to pick on just one aspect of what you're talking about. And she says, what I ask them are, what are the goals? Why? What are the goals of this? How are we trying to transform? And what tools do we have to do that with today? And therefore, how do we need to revolutionize the way we do it? Or how do we need to revolutionize the fact that we can't do something at all and AI or some new technology will enable us? I know that you are very, you, you are a futurist in looking out and what will become that today either doesn't exist or it's just a shiny toy out there. And I'm wondering if you, if you have any comments on that and if you have any examples of that from your experience. Examples of what might be coming or staying grounded in today? Examples of, of what might be coming that today may just look like a shiny toy, but tomorrow may have massive application in our world. There's a handful of things that are, are out there, okay, that are on the roadmap to becoming real things. I'll start kind of at the next level up first that things that we can connect to probably probably the easiest. And with the AI integration, mm -hmm. with Web3, which is the third version of the World Wide Web that's coming, and things like the metaverse. Now, the metaverse by name, I don't know if it's going to be a global metaverse or not, but really what when people talk metaverse, they're really talking about virtual reality, worlds, and experiences, simulation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's really moving pretty quickly. And, you know, the convergence of Web3 and AI and then pushing it into an application like the metaverse is is, is probably one of the, the next things. Now, and I'll, I'll get into what it can look like, but one of the barriers of entry right now is wearing a headset. You know, that's, you know, I work with so many companies and people who are looking to figure out what is the best application to help my company. Is it AI? If is it VR and training? Is it augmented reality and workflow? For what I just mentioned, one of the things that is a barrier is a headset. A lot of people don't like having headsets on. Yeah. I get it. Uh, people say, what about my hair? I can't see exactly. around, you know, <laughs> right? I, I, hey, I, I get it. It's a very, and, and so when I'm working with companies to what you reference with your friend that you were talking with, you know, it's the, the why is first. It's like, what barrier or what roadblock are you trying to, yeah. are you trying to improve your customer service? Are you trying to, you know, decrease the amount of inventory that you're carrying or whatever? But the first application is what are you trying to accomplish? And now it's time for a quick break. CEOs need help growing their companies, but don't always have the time or money to hire a full-time chief marketing officer, CMO, or chief sales officer, CSO, or both. 
recruiting a quality full-time executive can take months, not to mention the ongoing cost. In these challenging times, CEOs need battle-tested growth executives who can help companies successfully navigate the uncertain waters. Partner with chief outsider CMOs and CSOs who will function as strategic operators to build and execute your growth engines. And we're back. You know, some things that are a few years off, there's some that aren't as, as fun to think about because they're, they're not going to impact us as far as we're not going to see them. But like edge computing, the advancements in cloud computing and the power of the computers, supercomputers, everything's just getting you know faster, stronger, more robust. It's allowing us to build these worlds faster. So digital twins is probably... A phrase, if people haven't heard of it, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be like probably the next, my guess is it's probably going to be the next buzzwords just because, and simulation is like what it used to be called. Digital twin kind of makes people understand what they're looking at a little better. You know, creating digital versions of anything, the chair I'm sitting in, yeah. your home, a plant, a store, a product. You know, it's a lot easier to do now than it was just a few years ago. And so by creating digital twins, it's, you know, it benefits a consumer because now you and I can try on the glasses you're wearing. I can do that on the screen. That's out now. Tennis shoes, different things like that. But now, so that not only is going to continue changing the user experience as like a buyer or a consumer, it's also changing it as a business owner or as a, as a manufacturer or a plant owner, because I can make a digital twin of this chair. I can make it, you know, a automation or an automotive assembly plant uh, mm-hmm. like Nissan or something, which is, we're there. We're in that world now where digital twins, I've been in a lot of digital twins and they're great. A lot of universities have them, cities have them. The trick is going to be getting people inside interesting thing is, is, you know, you can really get in without a headset. You can jump on a computer. The experience isn't quite the same, but if, you know, if a government is building one for making municipal offices easier and more accessible to your population, going through a computer is great. There are communities doing things like that, trying to increase access, which, you know, accessibility is huge when you're talking about any advancements in any product or technology. So you're starting to answer the question that I always ask, and that is, to what end? You know, in my mind, when I hear about all this cool stuff, I get all excited. I start to get on the wave that's carrying me out to this beautiful sea over to this fantastic island. And then I stop and I go, wait a minute, to what end? To what end is this going to to be? Right. And, And, you know, I did, as you mentioned, I did start to get there. Things like the gaming industry and the medical industry have done a great job of pushing technologies and awareness and what is, where's the value and the benefit. Now that's coming down to us. Like I just mentioned, you know, there's a, you know, it's a, it's a city, I believe in uh, Malaysia that is starting to do all their government municipal services in their own metaverse, as they're calling it. Uh, The purpose is accessibility, which is great. Like, I am all for that. Like, I think that's a wonderful example of leveraging some technology 
and using it for a giant population. You know, there are niche you know, markets that are great. You know, the gaming market makes a lot of money doing what they do, building virtual worlds. The medical industry has such a high return on their investment because when they make advances in robotics or training, you know, the reward is is human health and human life. Now, you know, it's usually as these things, you know, whatever industry, Department of Defense and medical, they usually start things in entertainment, whether it's Hollywood or somebody, then it comes down and it, it takes some time. But now a business can now build you know a product digitally and, and shop it online. And with Web3, even Web2 right now, you know we can try things on Web3. We're going to be able to do even more in shopping. I didn't know if you froze up for a second, so I wasn't sure. No, so, sorry. Hopefully, you can see me moving moving in the in the real world at at this point. That was my digital twin who froze. I'm always live. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the only question I would push on a little bit is just for example purposes in the municipality in Malaysia, and the creating this digital universe where people can avail themselves of of municipality services. What's then an example of the resident? What is the resident actually doing and what potential service are they availing themselves of just to make it even more real? Yeah, so that's a good question. And it's really a multi-step process right now because, you know, it's not just as easy as saying, okay, now we're going to create our own metaverse. You know, that that doesn't change what somebody who lives on the outskirts of town or who doesn't have access. So part of what it is, is, you know, usually going through like a human resources department. Now that, you know, human resources in one particular city I was working with, you know, part of their responsibility was upskilling their population. And part of that was not only the the training, but then having them not only become more cognizant of technology, more skilled, upscale them, but have them to where they can come in and access different things. So now like, you know, you can go to some different places and access different places like records, water, different government buildings, but you're going through like a hub or a portal. There's a, a place in the human resource division of the city. You can go in and you can now access all of these things. So small steps, you know, and then there's another education one where universities are building all kinds of digital twins that I'd be happy to share about if that's of interest. I mean, that's great because the other interesting thing about you to me is that you have this curiosity, you have this commitment, but that you you sort of see things through to the ultimate experience. Like what is it that is exactly the tangible experience? Um, and so often in futurist conversations. It's so out there and it's amazing for the moment. It's a thrilling presentation, right? My lots of ahs and ahas, but at the end of the day, you don't really know what it means or where it's going. And you have this unique ability to just make it real. Here's an example. Here's what the experience is going to be for someone. And, And so I think you really do bring these innovations and this futuristic world into at least as much as one can imagine today's world. Because if you can't sort of start to see it here, chances are it's not going to get all the investment it needs. It's not going to get somebody thinking through to what end is, will this impact the human race or this municipality? 
And I, and I can't help but wonder if your, your eight plus years of experience with three-year-old, three-year-olds is where we all need to be in our thinking around these big futuristic kinds of things. I know that sounds crazy. You know, thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate it. And it's interesting because, you know, my, my first degree was in psychology and part of psychology is reflecting on things. And throughout my life, I have reflected on a lot of things. And one of the things I attribute to my lens and my success right now is when I was teaching, part of my job was taking information that was written by an adult, my benchmarks, my lessons. Like I was told by a school district, these are the things I have to teach, teach kids citizenship, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, my kids don't know what that means. So I would have to take this adult information and I'd have to synthesize it down and say, okay, here's what we're going to look at. And here's what we're going to do. I've tried to have the same approach with technology Mm -hmm. and say, all right, so if you, you know, you've seen my talk, a lot of what I'll do is I'll explain to you, I'll say, think of it like this. Yes. This is what we're talking about and using examples that people can understand. It's like, what if Google and so-and-so got married? Think about that. That And people are like, oh, I totally get it. It's like, yeah, that's what I was talking about. So um, yeah, that lens of how do you, I always ask people when I'm, I'm working with people that I'm coaching, I say, explain it to a five-year-old. That's Mm -hmm. it. Like just strip Mm -hmm. it down. And Mm -hmm. what that does is it usually takes a lot of, you know, just things that aren't necessary and people. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, that's where that comes from, that lens. And Mm -hmm. uh, I do think it is all about what the reality is. I love, I love talking five, 10 years out, Mm -hmm. but you know, if somebody showed us a, a, jet airplane in the 1915, mm-hmm. they wouldn't know how to connect it. Like they're barely even talking about anything lighter than air. I mean, heavier than air or craft, you know? So mm-hmm. having the connection and the reality of what it looks like that, that brings people on board and, you know, gives some, gives people what they can look forward to and what is the reality of it all. And I can't think of better end notes to uh, this episode than what you just said. And, and I will say one thing, uh, actually, two things. My only regret in hearing all of this is that you are not still giving insight and enlivening a classroom full of third graders. And number two, that I do think perhaps we all need to approach the world a little bit more with the curiosity of a third grader who can both be amazed by all of this, but still want to know what I can do with it. So... Thank you so much for joining. I guess the last thing I'd ask of you is, and we'll put your contact information in the episode notes, but what are some things that listeners might want to think about for you, like for their team meetings or for their conferences, but what are just some other examples of how you see yourself really adding value to the world on this topic? Oh, well, thank you for asking. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, if there's, you know, for for people who are organizing events, whether for conferences or something internal for your company, uh, a division, a whole company in all hands, I do a lot of talks with companies and everything always is try to make it very informative and educational. 
you know, and really looking at the applications of what's going on right now. And I always can fit it into whatever industry it is and make it meaningful to them. Outside of those, those are some great speaking opportunities. Outside of that, you know, if somebody has a, a product or they're looking at how can I incorporate technology into my, you know, my bank or my whatever it might be, my, my workflow or my training, I'd be happy to talk to anybody about it. And the nice thing is, is, you know, I work and look for solutions. I'm not tied to a technology or a company. I don't force any specific product. I look for what the real value is in what you're trying to accomplish. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So thank you. That's great. And why does that not surprise you, me that you're looking for what is the real value in adding real value into what you're trying to accomplish? So Brad Wade, adventurer, uh, futurist, <laughs> great communicator, keynote speaker. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Deborah, thank you such for, for having me. I am honored and I appreciate it. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe in all your favorite podcast apps. Just look for Success Beneath the Surface. Chief Outsiders, part-time growth executives with full-time results.